and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Don't forget uh, Orem as well, 86 East University Parkway. Uh, Gordon, Gordon, real quick from uh, our friend Ute Chasta Trailer in Austin actually did some research and and, uh, found something on this too. Uh, But uh, you mentioned Sandy being named after sand. Uh, According to our friend uh, Ute Chasta Trailer, it was originally a watering station for the old steam trains. The man who ran it for years was nicknamed Sandy, hence the station was referred to as Sandy's Station. And what's the other one? What What do you mean? What's the other one? What, what, what didn't Austin find something that said yeah it, that says the same thing? No, it also said that it might be named after the composite uh, uh, soil underneath the city. Didn't you hear that part of it? Yeah, but it says there is no historical evidence for this. Well, is there evidence of the other? Uh, well, Sandy existed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So does the sand. All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Let's talk some Utah Jazz basketball. He makes the magic happen at kslsports.com. He's our good friend, Ben Anderson. What's up, Ben? How you doing, guys? Hey, man, we're doing uh, we're doing terrific. Thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, we want to get your thoughts, and I know you've been writing about it, but get your thoughts on Shaq v. Donovan Mitchell last night. Uh, you know, it, it was weird. I, I don't think in a vacuum, what Shaq said was necessarily wrong. I thought the way he said it was incredi- in incredibly poor taste. I think, I mean, if you ask somebody a question, look, you guys are in the business, I've been in the business, sometimes you ask pointed questions, and pointed questions get good answers. And sometimes that awkward space is what brings out truth. But that's not what Shaq, Shaq did. He didn't present an awkward question. He just accused Donovan Mitchell of something <laughs> bizarre and it didn't land at all and and that's he did his job poorly last night and it, it reflected poorly on him and i actually think everybody both locally nationally nba players everyone in the jazz locker room kind of felt the same way that Shaq was just wrong last night and we don't see those guys get it that wrong that often what do you think ben of the preceding and the 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 conversation after that happened when the panel was talking about whether Donovan Mitchell is a superstar or not. I thought it was kind of weird because it's like a snapshot in time. Nothing is going to stay just the way it is from now till kingdom come. And so if Donovan Mitchell is not one of the top five players in the league right now, doesn't mean he might not be able to edge in that direction in the years ahead. So what, what, what I agree with you. There was some truth in what they were saying as far as where Donovan Mitchell is right now. What did you make of the whole conversation? Yeah, th- th- that was the weird thing. And, and I tweeted this last night, and the same way I feel. I remember when I was in college, 
I had an English professor that says it's fair to criticize what people do do. It's not fair to criticize what somebody doesn't do. So I can't say, you know, Gordon Monson's a great writer and a great radio host, but you know what? He can't do enough backflips on a trampoline. It's like, what does that have to do with anything that we're watching? That's why it felt so off the mark because Donovan Mitchell was doing exactly what is asked of him. He was doing exactly what his job is, exactly what the Jazz need. And it's not like he's scoring 35 and the Jazz are losing. Donovan Mitchell has one job, help his team win games. The Jazz are winning more games right now than anybody else in the NBA and playing better than anyone else in the NBA. And he's the best player on that team, and it's not particularly close right now. And then they got mad at him, and then they started nitpicking his game about the things he doesn't do. It was so bizarre and so off-kilter of what was supposed to be happening in that conversation when you had – a really fun first half where one team scored 70 points, the other team scored 69 points. You had two guys score 20 young stars that just signed max contracts. It's exactly what the NBA needs. You're dying for these players with LeBron James on his way out the door. And they found a way to insult everybody on the floor. And that's why it felt so weird to me. Jake, you know, Jake, let me, Jake, let me ask Ben uh, a question he can't answer. But uh, I'm curious. I respect your opinion so much, Ben, that I'm curious to know what your best guess is. What do you think was motivating Shaq in that moment to say what he said? He essentially did not ask a question, like you said. He made a declarative statement. Why? Yeah, I do think Shaq has always had this weird chip on his shoulder or fear of anybody else gaining a bigger spotlight than he does. And that's evidence, I think, honestly, and this is going to sound uh, petty, but his bizarre choices of what he sponsors, you know, the, the commercials that he does that seem so below one of what? I mean, Gordon, I know you've seen more guys play than, than I or Jake have, but Jake, I would say you and I would say Shaq is, what, the third or fourth greatest player we've ever seen? You know, I mean, in his dominance, he was the best I've ever seen, better than LeBron, better than Michael at his prime. There was just no stopping him. So for him to have to go out and do these weird things that feel so below him in every aspect of his life, how he advertises, how he takes shots at people, there is just a fear for Shaq of not being Superman anymore and not being the guy that he has to build himself up by belittling everyone else. And it's also weird because he still has this bully mentality that I'm the biggest person in the room, and as long as that's the case, Nobody can say anything to me because I'm honestly physically larger than they are. And I feel like that's tainted everything he's done his whole life. And that's unfortunate because he should be Bill Russell. He should be one of these legends that we get to enjoy in their retirement because he's around and because he is so smart and because he's charming and because he has this great upside. He just can't get out of his own way. Ben, going back to, to Donovan on the floor here for a second, I, I am surprised sometimes at the lack of sophistication from quote-unquote NBA people, whether it's front office, whether it's uh, analysts, former players or whatever, where, where they get so caught up in the statistics. Well, this guy is, scores 25 points a game, and, and they can't wait to give him money. It's, it's all about what ends up on that box score as opposed to the wins. Remember a couple of years ago when Jabari Parker uh, – basically told him he wasn't going to play play any defense because that's not what gets you paid and it's not a good look but he's entirely correct and i don't know if you heard it but joe ingles was on uh with dj and pk this morning and he said listen donovan could score 
35 and get eight rebounds and eight assists every single night if the Jazz just played ISO. Just ISO Donovan, he'd have those kind of numbers. But that's not how the Jazz play basketball, and it's so ironic to me that they went after Donovan last night when he was amazing, and the offense, he gets what he gets within how the offense and how the Jazz play basketball, and he's not worried about those statistics. I'm always surprised by how blown away NBA guys are by by certain numbers. Yeah, and, and what's funny is that that group of people on NBA on TNT are maybe the biggest uh, force fighting against analytics and three-point shots and, and when to take certain shots and, and what you're trying to accomplish. And yet you're right. So often they default to box score and saying that, Don, you know, and even Ernie said it, and Ernie's extremely smart. Uh, he said, you know, Dominic Mitchell, he's only had double-digit assists and rebounds once each time in his career from each category. It's just like, you know, Ricky Rubio averaged what was it, 11 assists a game for the Timberwolves and then got to the Jazz and, and may have broken that number 15 times during his career with Utah. He just That's not what Quinn Snyder does. It's not what he wants you to do. He doesn't want any one player to touch the ball that often unless it gets into this elite uh, playoff situation where the best thing you can do is just beat a team one-on-one. And when they needed to do that, they gave Donovan Mitchell the keys to the franchise and said, go and do that. But, I, I mean, how easy is it to look at triple-doubles right now in the NBA and say, are they helping teams win or are they not? Because the Jazz haven't had one since Carlos Boozer was on the team, and they've been one of the most successful franchises since then. And Russell Westbrook's on his third team in three years, and they keep getting worse, and he has a triple-double every night. I just, It's such a bad argument, and it's such a bad faith argument with zero backing, with zero uh, thought or, or input onto what actually helps you win a basketball game. It's just, it, it was just bizarre, and that's why I think so many people had an issue with it. Ben, you're a basketball expert. You've watched a lot of jazz ball through the years. What is your evaluation of the trajectory the jazz are on right now, and how far can it take them as you consider what they seem to be mastering? I think this stretch of basketball we're right seeing, and this is this is lofty because you know they had a team that made the Western Conference Finals with Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer and Mehmet Okur and Andre Karolinko, and that was a very well put together team. Kevin O'Connor did a really nice job and had a ton of foresight on what basketball needed to look like, and Jerry Sloan embraced it, which was was pretty impressive in itself. Uh, but this run that we're seeing the Jazz play on right now. I think is the best basketball they've played post Stockton and Malone. And I get that that's a really ambitious thing to say, but I think Donovan Mitchell is the best player the Jazz have had since Carl left. I think Rudy Gobert is probably your second best player you've had, if not your first, depending on the night since Carl left. You've got the deepest roster you've probably ever had in Jazz history. Quinn Snyder is by far the second best coach the team has ever had. He's on top of what the NBA is doing right now. It feels like there's a ton of cohesion right now in the front office with what the Jazz are trying to accomplish on the floor and what's coming out of it. It just feels like the perfect mixture of youth and very high-level star talent in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and veteran leadership in a guy like Mike Conley and Joe Ingles, and then the right high-level supporting pieces, the Jeff Hornacek of the world that you're getting from Boyan Bogdanovich, that you're getting from you know Jordan Clarkson, who's probably the best sixth man the Jazz have ever had when I think back on their history. It's just really high-level basketball. It's a very talented team. So I think it's probably fair to say I think this is the best team they've had probably since you know 1998, 1999. 
Ben, you're, you are very good uh, coming up with interesting things to write about and talk about and, and to follow with the Jazz. And it, it was fun watching you work up close and how you develop those storylines and those topics. And with that in mind, give us a, a storyline that might be a little bit under the radar that you're following closely. Uh, with the Jazz right now, and this, hey, that's a fantastic question, and thank you for putting me on the spot, but you're good at that <laughs> as well. Uh, you, you know, I, I mean, I guess here's the question, Jake, is – the Jazz have had these runs before, each of the last two seasons. But usually it happens in January. You know, when we saw it two years ago and the Jazz won on this crazy run, and what did they win, like 20 of 21 games or something? You know, they had an 11-game streak and lost and then had a 10-game streak or something like that uh, and, and really climbed back into the Western Conference playoff picture. And then they did it last year after Mike Conley got hurt. So here's my question. Is this seven-game winning streak that they're on right now, is this just one of those streaks? Or is this the Jazz playing such an added level compared to what they were doing last December or last November because the season got pushed back? Uh, and, and we're still going to see the best yet to come when Boyan Bogdanovich traditionally really starts to hit his stride, which is later in the year, and he's done that throughout his entire career. Or as you know, Derek Favors gets more comfortable playing alongside Jordan Clarkson, and we kind of see maybe a Shaq Harrison develop a little bit as a 10th guy that the Jazz feel like they can rely on every once in a while as a defensive stopper. So I, I guess maybe the underlying question I would have is, is there another year? Because right now, the way the Jazz are playing, I think they're in that. They're not as good as the Milwaukee Bucks were last year. Remember, they were on pace to win more games than the 73-win Golden State Warriors. But they're kind of playing at that best regular season team rate. And I get it's a small sample size, and I get it's early, and I get it's a wacky season. But I, I feel like that's possible with where they are right now. Do they have that next year, and do we see it in the regular season? Is that something they can do this year that takes them to that point where you're saying, okay, this isn't a good regular season team. This is a contender, and I've never felt that the Jazz were a contender since Carl and John left. I've just never quite felt like they really reached the top of that mountain like it felt like they were in the late 90s. Can this team get there? Maybe that's what I'd be focusing on. Because, look, if Mike Conley leaves this offseason because he's going to get a bunch of money as a free agent and, and wants to make money versus you know kind of keeping consistency with the Jazz, which is absolutely his right to do, the Jazz aren't going to be this talented next year, and it's going to be harder to get back to that point. Your mentioning of Mike Conley, I think, is significant. Uh, in, in the, an example in the game last night, Ben, when the Jazz started to slip, that lead started to shrink a little bit. Mike made some very nice plays to, to boost it back up again. He he has really found a groove, and it seems like when even when the Jazz shooters start to slip a little bit, he's got that kind of sense of the game where he's able to do a little rescue work. Would you agree? Yeah, and he can score at all three levels. He's become a much better defensive player this year now that he understands what Quinn Snyder wants of him, but you know what? He, he's terrific as a spot-up shooter. If you leave him open, it feels like that shot's going to go in, and he's had these prolific three-point shooting nights. Uh, the first game of the season, all, all first quarter, nobody on the Jazz was playing well other than Mike Conley. And he said, you know what? I can beat Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum off the dribble, or I can get the space I need to get to my floater coming off of a Rudy Gobert pick, and that's going to be good. And if we're not doing that, I can still run. And he's older. He doesn't finish on top of the rim. But think of how many times he gets weird, wide-open layups by reading what the defense is doing wrong. And Donovan can't do that yet. And, 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 you know, none of the Jazz guards. Jordan Clarkson can't really do that yet. He has an ability still to understand the mistakes the other team is making because he's played 13 years. And he's played, I mean, what is that, 
1,100 games probably in his career. He's just seen so much basketball. I think that's what's really allowing him to exploit teams in a way that, that nobody else on the roster probably can at this point. Ben, give me a team in the Western Conference that is better than their record and a team in the Western Conference that's worse. Uh, Golden State's better than their record, which I'm happy about. I, I was not a fan of the the five-year run of the Warriors. I don't like watching basketball. It seems like it faces that little adversity. I mean, it was just inevitable, and I don't like inevitable. Uh, that's not what's fun about sports. The fun part is not knowing the adversity you face and overcoming that and, and how you figure that out. It's been fun seeing this team have to have Andrew Wiggins as their second-best scorer figure out how to get back into the playoff chase, and they are, and it's made Steph, I think, so much more enjoyable to watch. So I think they're good. I think they're for real. Portland feels like the easy one, I guess, because they're still hanging around a little bit as a team that's worse than their record. But Nurk is hurt. C.J. McCollum is hurt. They're going to fall out of the playoff picture, and then they're going to have to make a late run to try and get that 10th seed again so they can get into a playoff game and kind of get back into that conversation. So I think that's probably what I would look at, those two teams. And, and that's great because those are two fun teams to uh, to be able to watch on any given night. There's a lot of reasons to be fans of those teams, and, and I think they're going to be fun to follow throughout the entire you know Western Conference playoff chase. Ben, uh, everybody knows how good the Lakers are. Are they invulnerable, or is there some vulnerability there that uh... – it might give a team like the Jazz a chance against them. I think there is a chance that the Jazz can go and do something special. Now, it's it's because of the way the Jazz are designed. And, and you know, I, I've talked about this before. The Jazz are a, a heavyweight boxer who, you know, they want to knock you out. The Jazz aren't trying to go 12 rounds with you. The Jazz want to throw a haymaker. And those haymakers are six-minute runs where they hit nine threes. And the Jazz can do that. And they learned that from the Warriors. That's what the Warriors used to do in the third quarter. It's what the Jazz did yesterday in the third quarter, and it's what they did last Friday against the Hawks in the third quarter, and it's what they did on Tuesday against the Pelicans in the third quarter. The Jazz feel like they can land two or three blows against you in six minutes. They're going to knock you off your feet, and you're not going to ever be able to recover. And because the Lakers aren't a great three-point shooting team, they're not a prolific three-point shooting team, that might be accurate. That's what the Warriors figured out how to do. Steph was great. He's not as good as KD. Steph's great. He's not as good as LeBron. Now, they added Kevin Durant, and that really helped them. But they won a championship without having the guy. As good as Steph was, he was not 6'8", does everything on the basketball floor, checks the superstar marks that Kenny and Charles were talking about last night on TNT. <laughs> they didn't, he didn't do all of those things, and yet they still won because they were so prolific uh, as a three-point shooting team that it was devastating. So the question is, can the Jazz be devastating? And if they can, you can absolutely beat the Lakers. Ben, before we let you go, as a parent uh, to two younger children, are you, like myself, bracing to uh, spend the entire day standing in the snow tomorrow? Wait, what's going on tomorrow? Am I supposed to be doing something? I think it's supposed to snow like half a foot. I'm just assuming I'm going to be <laughs> uh, sledding the entire day or or, or uh, building something out of snow in my front yard. I just don't think I... I'll be even let to go inside. Yeah, I guess I should probably work on uh, getting my gloves out so I can build a uh, build a, a snowman in the front yard. But look, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm on the beat writer life now, guys. I'm not doing slack jawed radio anymore. I have to work every day. I know how difficult this is. So I, honestly, Jake, I didn't even know what the weather was. I, I'm thinking about I, I've got to get a shoot around in the morning, then I've got to cover the game tomorrow night. So my mind is when uh, my mind is in the in the in the grass. That's why you're See, ben, good. What you do, buddy? This is this is the difference between you, Ben, and and Jake. Uh, 
Jake is not going to be out in the front yard uh, having uh, building a snowman with, with little Sadie. He's going to be out there barking orders at her to shovel the driveway. Oh, she knows she has to shovel first. She knows. She knows what she has to do to get into playtime. <laughs> that driveway's got to be clean. She knows that at three years old. I'm sure Ben's the same way. Put those kids to work. Hey, uh, Jake, big shout-out to uh, your incredible wife who fed me several times last year when we were working together on uh, her 24th birthday today. So that's pretty incredible. Good for her. I, really I will for you. <laughs> I will pass that along, Ben. (laughs) 24. Hey, hey, buddy. We appreciate you. Thank you for coming on, Ben. You're the best. My pleasure. That's our friend Ben Anderson. Uh, Read his work. He covers the jazz for kslsports.com, and uh, he's he's really, really good. He writes a lot, and uh, like I said, he's very good at at coming up with great topics and kind of looking beneath the the surface a little bit. Yeah, and you can tell that from – from uh, through the years, Ben asks really good questions, and when he, usually when I hear him ask a question, I think, okay, what is he working on right now that's going to make that uh, really, really interesting? And know? can I write about it quick enough to be first? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, we're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. And our friend Christopher jumping on with us once again, doing a great job today, filling in for Tom. What's going on, Christopher? You know, same old, same old. Just made a couple deals, looked at what we got in the back so we can finalize the deals we're going on air today. You know what I like about your family? You guys are competitive. That means that when you have a chance to jump on here and spit out some deals, you want to outdo your father. You know, I'm I'm trying to do my best. I I I said mirrors for ten dollars that last spot. I hesitated for a little bit. I was like, no, nope, we got to do we're it. We're going for it. He's gonna be mad, but we're gonna do it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of fun, you know, family competition and everything. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And you know what? Our listeners are the ones who benefit. So let's do it again. I was listening just a second ago, Ben Anderson with the haymaker. I'm going to swing my haymaker in just a second. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but before I do that, I want to talk about kind of just like the situation. Uh, it's 2021, man. 2020 is finally over. These unprecedented times, are they're still here, but we're still chugging along. And we're giving out a lot of good deals, man. We just want to make sure everybody can take advantage of it. We have a couple of credit financing options that we do want to offer. Jake, you've heard this before, so I want you, I want your recap. Number one is the Citibank. With if your credit's good, you can apply for a Citibank. That's one year, same as cash, no interest. No interest whatsoever. Yep, and it's the simplest application we have. Citibank, one year, no interest. But let's say your credit is a little beat up. Twenty twenty was a little hard. We it want happens. No credit check. One hundred days, same as cash. By Snap Finance, you come in, you sign it, you fill out an application, you get approved within 10 minutes. You get approved for up to $3,500. You can spend, take advantage of all these deals, man. Well, so if you're out there and you hear, let's say the the adjustable queen uh, deal that you were doing, what was that? Seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine, and you think, wow, that's a good deal, and I could take advantage of it. But I I could pay it off in a couple of chunks. That would be easy. It's that simple, right? It's, that, it's a 10-minute application. Wow. So that's basically nothing. So you're removing the excuses, Christopher. That's what you're doing. Well, we're just trying to cater to everybody. 
And if you were a little apprehensive about Christmas deals, we bought a lot of new inventory. We filled everything for Christmas. We're trying to blow just all those deals out at the start of the new year. So now's the time to buy, man. Got to make room. Yep. Got to make room for the new trucks coming in. All right, 1825 South 300 West. That's here in Salt Lake, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you so much. Drop of the day coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live today from the warehouse here in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. They've got the New Year special going on right now. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of January. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com. It's time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Gordon, uh, this one is a a request from uh, one of our loyal listeners. Our good friend Sven has has requested that Austin go into the archives. And uh, when when was this from, Austin, remind us? This was, uh, of course, the playoff. uh, uh, This was after game one of the playoffs series between the Jazz and the Rockets, May 1st, 2018. Okay. And, uh, and I got a bad feeling about this. This is the grand pronouncement. I'm going to make a pronouncement here. Oh. I feel it's coming. Oh, wait, can we get pronouncement music? I don't know what that would be. Like the, the uh, fanfare? Do we, yeah, the, like the yeah. trumpet fanfare? Do we, I feel like if Gordon uses <laughs> the word... Fanfare for a common man? Is that what you're looking for? If Gordon uses the word pronouncement, we probably <laughs> ought got, to dress it up a little bit. I got bit. a pronouncement, you know. No, no not that. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> That was I didn't say I didn't say I'm gonna slip. I didn't say I'm gonna slip on a banana peel. By the way, I had a banana peel as I walked in today. I ate a banana. Is okay. it's okay to eat a banana while you're driving? Because uh, I did. I think it's fine. I, okay. I popped it and I peeled it while I was driving. Is that is that all right? I think that's fine. All, all right. right. So you know what your pronouncement is gonna be. I, I know. All right. I want you to say I have a pronouncement. And then, <laughs> and then followed by the the fanfare, and then make your pronouncement. Okay. Okay. All right. Jake and Austin, I have a pronouncement. Let me let's do that again. <laughs> yeah, Give we, us some oomph. Yeah, we yeah. do. We need a little energy. Yeah. Jake and Austin, my brothers, I have a pronouncement. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's unreal. It sucks. Hey, you can do better than that. that so no, I don't think I can. I don't that's, think you can either. Exact perfection. <laughs> I think I what was else he got? He got something else. Uh, it doesn't matter. All right, let's that's get obsolete. All right, uh, let's get to your pronouncement. <laughs> Jazz fans are not going to be disappointed with the Jazz effort in Game Two. They are going to come out and they are going to represent. I don't know if they're going to win, but they are going to give it. They're going to they're going to play furiously and fiercely. Okay, that was a that was a pronouncement worthy of what we gave you. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. I thought after setting it up with a pronouncement, it would be like something. You what? Know, I'm not an oracle over here. I jazz don't have shut down Harden and win three <laughs> games in a row. 
You you wanted me to say, yeah, uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to punch James Harden in the kidney and he's going to put him out for the rest of the series. I don't know. Something a little more than, you know, if it works. Something a little more than they're going to play hard. I mean, yeah, it's the playoffs. Of course they're going to play hard. I didn't really pronounce my pronouncement the way I wanted to. (laughs) No, okay. The The jazz are going to look like the jazz. I'm underselling your point a little bit. I know I know what you're getting at. They're going to be motivated in game two. They're going to be better game planned, better prepared. They're going to be able to go out there and give a bigger fight against Houston. And I understand you want to come short of guaranteeing a victory because that's not what you do. But you believe that uh, the Jazz will give themselves a better chance and you're not uh, counting victory out of the question. How about that? <laughs> Thank you, Austin. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, that's a proper fanfare right there. Kind of with a little jazz flair, too. I, li- I like that. Well done. All right. That's yeah. the way it's going to be today. Did I get I, it right, though? I was. Uh, that's that's what yeah. you're going for, right? Exactly. That the jazz are going to look like the jazz. Uh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that is so funny. It is not funny. That is so funny funny at all. That was funny. That was a funny segment. Yeah. Grand pronouncement. The Jazz are going to play hard. Completely organic, too. (laughs) Like, do we have a fan? I just searched fanfare, and that's the two that came up, and I chose incorrectly or correctly, depending on how you look at it. It was rather sarcastic. Uh, did, Did they win that next game? I can't remember. No. <laughs> Did they give a better effort, though? I'm sure. Did they play hard? They looked like the Jazz. <laughs> the Jazz good are going to look like the effort. Jazz. Here's, here, I have a prediction. The next game the Jazz played, they'll be wearing Jazz uniforms. And will indeed look like the Jazz. <laughs> and that fanfare is still and hilarious. Then they, then they went out and lost, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't they? I swear they did. Uh, two, was that two I years thought they were down 2-0 when they came back. But. Yeah, that was 2018. Uh, that's almost three years ago, guys. We've done nothing with our lives. That's, yeah, isn't that remember. the truth? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they, I'm sure they played hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason, the reason Sven brought that up is Gordon's other pronouncement or pro- proclamation that when the Jazz shoot over 50%, their likelihood of winning is better than when they shoot yeah. under 50%. Right. <laughs> Which then he asked, is that better than when I said uh, the, the final score will determine whether or not the spread is too big? <laughs> These are all great are moments. <laughs> Oh, man, if if Aaron Rodgers throws six touchdowns this weekend in the first think, quarter, I think Green Bay gives themselves a pretty good chance to win. They will look like the Green Bay Packers. I mean, how many teams lose when their quarterback throws for six touchdowns? Uh, I liked yeah. yesterday, Jake, when uh, in the split story when. Gordon said, all right, I'm going to talk about this. And you said, please, let it be anything but if the Jazz shoot well, they'll win. <laughs> I've had that's it. exactly what it was. And, well, and the take was, if they shoot well, they'll win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, were you happy? Yeah, but it's the- more com- it's more complicated than just that because it's everything that leads up to that kind of nice percentage, such as such as not turning the ball over, right. such as allow getting the ball to move, and uh, and and you know just running the offense proper. Those are all more in depth than. When then, they make the shots, they'll win. Then, right. No, I know, but that's that's all part of it. See, the gotta, schemes are more you, important than the result. Yeah. No, no, no. The result is important too, but it's you just you know I talk about it because I presume that you would think deeply enough to know about everything that leads up to it too. See, and and if you and if you do that, then I don't need to, I don't need to wade through all that muck because so, that's implied. So you know? let me get this straight. So you're saying that you want to eliminate the interesting part of the conversation <laughs> and just talk about whether that actually went through the cylinder. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, that scoreboard looks right. The Jazz are going to win. Just crack the mic and say, <laughs> you all know already. See you tomorrow. Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> you guys know. Have a great night. Well, if anyone knows night, anything else, I don't know. Call it. Hold on here a second. I want you to consider what the Jazz's shooting percentages have been during this win streak. The, Cause and effect, baby. We're not arguing that, friend. <laughs> we're not saying you're wrong. We're saying it's akin to saying the spread will be determined by the final score. Right. The, if the, it rains tomorrow, the sun won't be right. shining. It's, it's the boom. <laughs> boom. Hot take. Take that. Put that in your Take office. Take that and, and wind it back, Jake. Yeah, exactly. Like that? Uh, we got to take that and rewind it back out of lock last we did, night. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, by the way, I got to tell you that the other day I, I was uh, watching something, and the, the individual who was on the on the recording kept saying, he ended this like five sentences with like that. And all I could hear was Jake <laughs> saying, like that? <laughs> Every did time he, I see those words now, I think of that. Now did she get run over it. like that? <laughs> Still the most amazing thing I think I've ever heard. I mean, yeah, it, but, honestly our, incredible. We need to deliver something. At the age of 12, right. she was run over oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? <laughs> and we're talking about a dog. We want to make sure like that's that? clear. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, incredible, incredible moment in broadcast. Well, and then there's one more, gone, yes. one more gone, yes. but not forgotten, and that's uh, our sweet days or our sweet Lucy. Uh, at the age of 12, she was run over. Oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's just the most heartless, brutal thing. He just, he just rolled right over. Well, he, that's the wrong way to say. It. <laughs> Well, they they should have rolled right over. Because what's he doing talking about his his dog while the game because is going on? Because he asked on? him about it. And he he did not ask him about it. That what they were talking about. I think a parent of one of the players that's that true. had sadly passed, and then that guy thinks, you know what? That's a that's a good lead in for me to talk about my dead dog, Lucy. <laughs> no, no, talk well, about the game. You're well, the, the game's game. going on, by yes. the way. This wasn't halftime. This wasn't uh, coming back from a long commercial break. There was action on guys. the floor. It's not you, a memorial you, you, service you. for Sweet Lucy. <laughs> it's a basketball game. Or yeah, or you're, you're trying to you're trying to call a game, and uh, someone calls in with their dead dog dying, and uh, so I'm just mixing it. Oh, 
Like that? Was she run over like, like that? Stay mixing tuned. In, I was mixing in the Casey Casey thing. In case you missed that, you know. It's the big show. We're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. (laughs) This is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, Jake, uh, one of the things that I find so humorous, you've been talking about how it's going to snow tomorrow. And uh, Austin informed us that he got a great deal at Big O Tires when I get some winter tires and uh, had those uh, put on his car. And that was a guarantee that uh, it wouldn't snow much this winter. Yeah, guys, I, I couldn't get home. That one night, that big snowstorm could not get into my home, into my neighborhood. So the next day, I went down to Big O and spent some time with the good folks there and got an amazing screaming deal on some winter snow tires. And I'm sure that if it snows again, they'll work great. But, but it, it hasn't, hasn't snowed since. Hasn't snowed since. <laughs> no. And that was, what, uh, a couple of months ago? A it month was, ago? It was over a month ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a white Christmas because of Austin. You're welcome, Ish. That uh, is classic. So whatever the weathermen or, or weather people are telling you, don't believe them. I'm here to tell you it's not snowing until I take those babies off the car. <laughs> so in May, we're going to get a freak snowstorm. Batting it down. <laughs> in May, when, when it's, it's 71. It's 71. 71 day, uh, and then two feet of snow the next. It's just like the one time my favorite team in the world was going to come to my backyard and play the bees. And it was a beautiful, amazing 78-degree weather week. And then for six hours, it was four feet of snow, so the team couldn't make it here. Uh And as soon as they said, we're not coming, God opened the sunshine again and said, ha, 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 ha. And, and so, so that is literally what happened. Verbatim. That is, I mean, is that, when the Angels were coming to play, it snowed in the morning for about, you know, a couple of hours. <laughs> the Angels said, you know what? We're not getting on the plane. We're staying down here in Arizona or wherever they were. And as soon as that, as soon as that announcement hit my inbox, I looked right outside and, yes, the, the heavens parted. Birds the, were sunning themselves. <laughs> the sun came right out. So a question for you, Austin, is that the first time in your life that you have actually bought winter tires? It actually is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've been skating around on on uh, tires that uh, that were difficult for years and years. And the one year that you buy the winter (laughs) tires, it turns into Miami Beach. I hadn't thought of it in that in that depth uh, quite yet, Gordon. And thank you for bringing my depression even deeper. Yeah. That's true. Now my Subaru is all-wheel drive, so I don't have to worry about that. But the wife and the kid get the Subaru mostly. So, well, wait, wait a minute. You still—it's still the most important part is where the rubber meets the road or the snow. So even if you have four-wheel drive, you need to have the proper shoes on that thing. Oh, you so, don't need anything. The, I've never bought a snow tire in my well, life. Well, they come with all but, but season tires. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Those here, oh, okay. Okay. So here's the deal, though, uh, Austin. I mean, You—you've had peace of mind. You bought the tires, and you've had peace of mind in case it does snow. So that's as valuable as when it does snow. <laughs> think, of, think of it like that. No. 
That's uh, I can't because that's false. That's hollow. That's that's shallow. <laughs> that that's trying to convince me that I'm not cursed. I am, and I and I get it. By the way, speaking of Austin's bad luck, he admitted yesterday that he's got a banana allergy. Uh, Lloyd sent this to me. Uh, it says, banana allergies are relatively uncommon and do not rank amongst the most common allergies. Yeah. In most areas of the world, less than 1% of the population has a banana allergy. And it adds, however, people with allergies to substances that contain protein similar to those in bananas are at a higher risk. So even Austin's allergies are bad luck because nobody has a banana allergy. <laughs> well, there, there's two types. There's uh, the, the food-based or the pollen-based and then the latex-based. And I, I'm both, I, both of them got me. Wait, latex-based uh, bananas? That's, it's, if you have a latex allergy you're more likely to also have, like, I'm sorry, if you have a banana allergy, you're more likely to also have a latex allergy, which I do. So la- but la- there's latex, also a, like- there's a different type of banana allergy that's pollen-based, and I'm also allergic to, to all that stuff, too. So how did you find out you were allergic to latex? Uh, the latex thing came across when I was getting a, a shot, like an immunization one time, and the, the nurse was wearing latex gloves, and rubbed up on my arm there with the th- and it just completely blew up and and got hives and everything well, the banana i found out uh, by the way I, I wasn't born i don't think with the banana allergy because it wasn't until i was in college that i uh went to uh well, i almost said the name i went to a local juice bar and, and got one of their uh, smoothies and took a, a swig with my, my roommates there and all of a sudden, my throat completely collapsed and closed, and my roommate oh, had to wow. rush me to the ER, and I, and I got there, and they did some tests, and they said, you have a banana allergy. I said, there was no bananas in that thing, and it was because at this place, every drink except the one I ordered has banana in it, and they just hadn't properly washed out the, the blender, and so I just wow. got that in, and that's how that happened. That's not to be trifled with, Matt. You know, we're, we, and Lloyd we're doesn't believe giving- me. Yeah, I believe you. Who would make up a banana allergy? I don't know. But <laughs> Lloyd said, Lloyd, Lloyd said, no, I believe you. I believe you. I was saying that's how unlucky you are. But we all know Lloyd, really. That's... What happens if you like, do you have to, do you have to eat the banana? Or if you're near a bunch of bananas, is that enough to trigger it? I tell you, I haven't run any trial and error tests, my friend. Haven't haven't gambled uh, since that one day. I've just decided to say I don't I don't uh, do well with bananas. Not going to have them. So when you buy a milkshake or you buy a smoothie, do you always have to ask whether it has any? Banana? It better be processed flavoring. Yeah, that's the only stuff I eat and buy. Yeah. This was not good radio, but you're welcome. This is my life. Well, we're live here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Uh, They also have their location, of course, in Orem, 86 East, University Parkway. Christopher jumping on with us one last time. Christopher, you've you've done well today, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you've taken great care of our listeners, which uh, is what we care about. I have a question. Go for it. I have a question. I have a question for Christopher. What's the absolute best deal you have for our listeners right now? What would you recommend that is a can't miss? I'd say our number one you cannot miss deal is in our Orem store. We're basically just giving away beds right now. If you need a bed frame for a guest bedroom or a kid's coming in, you pick your size. Normally our beds are $400, $400, $500. You take your pick starting at 125 
Wow. Well, and, and in the Orem store, too, hey, maybe you've got a, a son or daughter going back to BYU or UVU. Maybe you've got a dorm room to, to gear out, you know? Yep. We got hardwood, like nice hardwood twin and full bed frames starting at 189, man. You can't miss it. That's amazing. Yeah. So there you go, Gordon. Are you satisfied? I've had hamburgers that cost more than that. And we, when, we were, when we were down there at that store, we saw some, remember that, Jake? We saw some really nice bed frames. And I remember talking to Tom about it. I said, that's a high-quality frame. And he said, yeah, it's like a buck twenty. I couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm being serious when I say they're all wrought iron or they're either hardwood, wrought iron, or like nice-quality polyester upholstery. Amazing. Yeah. Take your pick, man. Starting at 125, you can't just can't miss it. And of course, you guys, your bread and butter, the adjustable beds. It's what you guys do. So, say you buy an adjustable bed, you need a place to put it. You just take out the cross slats, cross slats, and you just put it in a frame. It looks so good. Awesome. All right, 1825 South, 300 West. Take advantage of it. 86 East University Parkway. Christopher is giving away the store. And uh, it's for your benefit, so <laughs> check it out. Thanks, Christopher. You're the man. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the folks here at The Warehouse. They were great hosts, as always. 1825 South, 300 West, 86 East University Parkway, their location in Orem. Gordon, what are you uh, doing with your snow day tomorrow? Uh, Trying to stay out of the snow. But uh, I will make a prediction about uh, uh, Saturday night's game against the Warriors. Okay. If the Jazz shoot 50% of they're going to vomit. That's where we're going. If the ball goes in the hoop, they're going to have a good <laughs> Thank you, Austin. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'll tell you, take it to the bank. Are we? Uh, is this going to be us all season? Probably. Is this going to be our analysis that uh, that when they make shots, they're going to win? <laughs> well, they're so good at making shots. See, that's the thing. It's uh, it's it has become a thing, and it's something that everyone's looking at even more so than most teams because it's what the Jazz specialize in. So, just so you know, if the Jazz happen to lose, when you tune into the Big Show the next day, all you're getting is ball didn't go in the hoop. That's it. Four consecutive hours of ball didn't go in the hoop. And no. when 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 uh, I inevitably say, "Well, were you happy with the schemes?" Gordon's going to go right back to ball didn't go in the hoop. Just a little, just a little preview. Like, show come here once every. Oh my God, how am I supposed to answer that? Ask me how will you be feeling? Don't come here once every two years and ask those questions. I don't want to hear that from you. I see to show up. <laughs> oh, why, do you, why do you think the Jazz uh, uh, lost a close one last night, Gordon? Ball didn't go in the hoop. Can you believe that that guy actually found a way to become a coach of a, an NBA team? No, I'm shocked. Ball didn't go in the hoop. Eddie, he lasted longer with that NBA team than I would have predicted either, or two. No. I think he's probably a, a nice guy. He we just he just was, yeah, just a little tweet. There. I think Zach Levine ought to get a medal of freedom for not committing murder last season. <laughs> I I would have uh, thought you would you would have thought more highly of Jim Boylan because you you agreed with his assessment of of that particular game. <laughs> 
<laughs> you thought it was deep, meaningful analysis. That first answer wasn't to my question when he said, uh, how would you be feeling? That was that was the other guy. But uh, Ball didn't anyway. go in the hoop. <laughs> that was to mine. That one was to yours. But yeah, you did. You you stepped in and saved that other reporter. That's for sure. Well, I'm just saying that if, if, if Jim had just listened to me more about the importance of shooting 50%, then, then you know, he'd, I mean. You'd still be employed. There's a reason for the, uh, for the offensive inefficiency, Jim. Paul didn't go in the hoop. Well, why, why not? Ball didn't go in the hoop. Were you happy with the schemes? Next question. Coach, you hold Don't your... come here once every two years and ask those questions. I don't want to hear that from you. I can ask the question. Good. That's ask. I'm not answering it. Right, don't come here question, once every please. two years. Coach, I don't want to hear that from you. Break. Yeah. Sure I see to show up. <laughs> incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, all right, Gordo. Well, uh, you enjoy your weekend, buddy, and I'll uh, talk to you Monday. Yeah, good luck with uh, building all the snowmen in the, fir- in the front yard. I'll need it. Uh, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.